Okay, good morning and welcome. Um, particularly welcome to our guests, has already been, been said. So we're in the middle of a sermon series, uh, on, which is called Deeper, Pressing Further into the Things of God Together. And it's, uh, it's from, taken from a, a prophetic word that has spoke, been spoken over us a number of times, uh, from the book of Isaiah to enlarge the place of our tent, which is in some sense what we're going to be doing over the road, uh, and to, and to, to, move our curtains wide to drive our pegs deeper, which is where the deeper comes in, um, because we will we will be expanding to the right and to the left, and that's nothing to do with the amount that we eat. <laughs> so, so this in this series, we're at the very beginning of the year, we we went through the, the different gifts of the Spirit, and now we're in the middle of a of a, of a sort of a, a sub series of three of three uh, messages on the fruit of the Spirit. So. This is our passage for this morning from Galatians chapter 5. So it says, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. And as you can probably guess by the highlighting there, we're in the middle. Um, we're on patience, kindness, and goodness. And when Chris heard that I was going to be preaching on patience, she laughed like a drain. Because my, st- my, st- my style is much more like, God, give me patience, give it to me now! Um, uh, and uh, so patience is, let's just say, not one of my natural attributes, but the whole point of the fruit of the Spirit is they are not our natural attributes. They are part of the fruit of the Spirit at work in us. So we divided, when we talked about this in, at elders meeting, we divided the, the fruit of the Spirit into, into three sets of three, because conveniently there are nine of them, and as we all know, three times three is nine. Um, so we, two weeks ago, Sam talked about love, joy, and peace, and about God filling our heart. Today we've got patience, kindness, and goodness, and th- this is fruit that is worked out in the way that we relate to other people. So patience is about not, um, not allowing time pressures um, to, to get in the way of what we do for other people. Kindness is about uh, putting the interests of other people above our, ourselves. And goodness is about sacrificing ourselves for others. So we might talk about um, a good deed for the day or, or doing good or, or life of good works. Whereas the final three, which we'll hear about, I guess, next week are faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And they're much more things that are worked outwards. So the first three are sort of inwards. Then we've got relational. And then we've got things that are outwards. But they're much more to do with our own character rather than our relations with others. But as I was, was working through this, and you'll, the theme that we'll see, we can't really separate these fruit out. Um, because, in fact, 
if you looked at the, the passage, it's fruit singular. The fruit of the Spirit is... It's not like a fruit salad where we can pick out the pineapple and the glacé cherry but leave the tangerines and the peaches behind. It's all fruit and these are all different aspects of the same fruit. When we talked about the gifts of the Spirit, Paul talks about that the different gifts are given to different ones differently and there's a manifestation that is different Whereas the fruit, it's all about the fruit. There's a singular fruit, but it has these nine different aspects. And, and these are, this is what we're talking about. So you'll see as we go through that there's a common theme that everything starts off with love. And we've got a couple of verses there from 1 Corinthians. Well-known verse. Love is patient and kind. So patience and kindness, they have their origins in love. And the, the thing that the, the crowds um, shouted at the dedication of the temple in 2 Chronicles and in the rededication of the temple when it was rebuilt in Ezra, they shouted, for, he, for God is good and his steadfast love endures forever. That is goodness and love um, all, all being tied together. So we'll see, so you'll see love appearing in green because it's going to run like a, all, a web all the way through these things. But we're going to be focusing today on patience, kindness, and goodness. So this, this, this fruit is characteristic, these are characters of God, characteristics of God. So some Bible verses there to, to back that up that we all know God is love. What a fantastic uh, sayings from, from uh, the first letter of John. Now, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish. God is patient, and as we start to grow in the fruit, we are exhibiting the characteristics of God. This is the characteristics of God in us, not our own natural characteristics. Romans 11, verse 22. Note then that the kindness and the severity of God. Severity to those who have fallen, but God's kindness to you, provided you continue in his kindness. Kindness is again a characteristic of God. And finally, goodness from Psalm 145. The Lord is good to all, and his mercy is over all that he has made. So as we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit, this, this is about us starting to exhibit the characteristics of God. These are not natural traits. I am not a patient person, as, as many of you will know, um, but I am growing in patience as, um, as, as I grow in God. And I am being changed. And I am more patient than I used to be. But fortunately, God is patient with me, and it will take some time. But also, that the fruit is in the heart of the gospel. Now, if you've got the ESV, like I have, you'll see here the words goodness and kindness. If you're reading in the NIV, it's kindness and love. It doesn't really matter. It's all part of the fruit. So this is, this is for me, one of the best summaries. If this was my elevator pitch of what is the gospel, this is from the book of Titus. Um, and so let's just read it together because this is just wonderful. 
when the goodness and the kindness of, of, of God, our Saviour, appeared. He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Saviour. So being justified by his grace, we may become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. In here, we have justification by faith. We have, we have grace and not, not our own works. We have the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. We have, we have, um, uh, if you, if you allow me a little bit of license, we have baptism in the washing. We have uh, baptism in the Spirit and the renewal of the Holy Spirit. We have, we have justification. Uh, I think I said that already. Um, but we have grace and we have become heirs of His promise and the hope of eternal life. It is a fantastic scripture, but in all its origin is in these characteristics of God, which are the fruit of God. And actually, maybe just to pause, if you're not a Christian this morning, then this is the message that we have. It's not about the good works or the righteous deeds that you might or might not have done, but it's about the kindness, goodness, and love of Jesus who, will, who wants to rescue you and bring you out of darkness into light. And he wants to give you, wants to change you um, into more and more of his image and he wants to give you the promise of eternal life. So if you are not a Christian this morning and that has inspired you, please talk to somebody at the end. Right, back to the fruit. The fruit is it's a metaphor for the work of God in us. And if we if we look at a parallel passage which is in Colossians, there's a second metaphor. But in all of this, we have a choice. It's not, I mean, you can imagine a fruit bush. It sort of sits there, doesn't really do much, and then suddenly fruit appears on its branches. It's not quite like that. We can, we can almost use this metaphor to think it's a very passive thing. But actually, we have a choice. In this passage, Paul says at the beginning and at the end, walk by the Spirit and keep in step with the Spirit. Now, if I knew that our tech was going to be reliable, at this point I would, have, I would have done a video. But I'm going to give you, this is your homework. If you want to see some fun videos, look on YouTube for synchronized walking. It's, a, it's something that's very big in Japan. Look for synchronized walking. It is amazing. You just go, and, but this is walking in step. So this is, Ian's now intrigued. I can see him almost not quite got his phone out yet. But look for these videos of synchronized walking. But this is a picture of what it's like to keep in step with each other and in step with the Holy Spirit. So this was, this is your, this is your taster for later. But there's, a, there's this second metaphor that we see in this parallel passage in Colossians. Now in Colossians we have a slightly different list of, of things, but we have a lot of overlap between, between this. So we have um, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So put on is about clothing ourselves. So Becca, could you come here for a moment? 
Now, as you can see, Becca is wearing a steward's t-shirt. This is something that is, it's not something that she made up herself. It's something that was given to her. And, and, and she had a choice this morning to put it on or not to put it on. And as she puts it on, this gives her um, the ability to, to, to carry out a role here which she would not be able to do if she's not wearing this because suddenly the visitors know she is a steward and that they can ask her for help. She was at the door welcoming. Of course, she could have welcomed people without the T-shirt, but, but um, with, with, a different t- with a different T-shirt, I hasten to add. Uh, <laughs> that was the ear, that was the ear. Now we've embarrassed her. <coughs> um, but, it, but, but she had this choice to put on the T-shirt. And it's the same way. We can choose to put on the fruit that we already are given. Thank you. You can sit down. I actually had the perfect illustration of this. Um, yesterday, while I was, was finishing writing these slides... Chris went to Tesco um, to do our, our weekly shop. And she said that as she was queuing up at the checkout, the, the person in front of her was an was a elderly gentleman who was taking quite a lot of time to, to, um, to pack his bags. And Chris started to get a little bit agitated. But then she suddenly said, actually, he's an old man. I need to give him some time. He's doing it in the best way he can. What better things do I have? Why should I get impatient? And she chose to be patient in that moment. And that would, by, by making that choice, she was exhibiting the fruit of the Spirit that is already in, in her life. So we all have a choice uh, at different times. We can choose to be patient. We can choose to be kind. We can choose to be good. We can choose to put on these fruit. So they're, they're in, in this list, as you can see. And just to really hammer this point home, this word that's translated put on, or if you're in the NIV, I think it's clothe yourself, is the same word that in Ephesians is about putting on the whole armor of God, or in Romans is putting on the Lord Jesus. I don't think we have any problem with the metaphor of putting on the armour of God. We can all imagine a soldier preparing for battle and putting this armour on. But actually putting on the fruit doesn't quite feel the same, but it's the same word and it's the same process. So let us put on the, the, the fruit of the Spirit. Let's put on patience, kindness and goodness. So for the rest of the, of the time, I'm going to be investigating actually how we do that. So as I've already said, the fruit, they're not natural. And could we train ourselves? In my day job, I have to do various training courses. And I was on a, a leadership training course where they had a whole lot of attributes of leadership. That they were a little bit like this list of the fruit, but they were slightly different things one of which was authenticity and saying that as a leader you need to be authentic, that you're really demonstrating of yourself. And then they were giving us um, 
ideas and ways that we could, we could sort of almost pretend to be these things. And they were effectively telling me how I could fake authenticity. <laughs> and that's not the way that we do it. It's not that, that Becca went down to, to Primark or Next or whatever, bought a black t-shirt and then got her letter set out and wrote steward so that she could pretend to be a steward. Or like some of these um, uh, like, uh, prisoner of war escape films where the prisoners sort of make uniforms so that they could pass as guards to go out. It's not like that. It's not something that we, we work up in ourselves. It's not something we could run training courses to say, like, like these books, you see, I saw, you know, How to Be More Patient and Swindon Advertiser tells us to be more kind and another book about how to be good. This is not the way that, that it works. It's not something that we train ourselves, or we, we sort of put on a front. It's actually God working through us. And it's about him working out, out, from the, out from the inside all of these attributes. So how do we bear fruit? Well, fortunately, Jesus told us a bit about how we bear fruit. So there's a long passage in, in John, John chapter 15. Verse, well, here we've got two verses He says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. That's great, but abide isn't really a word we use in 21st century English, at least not where I come from. So what is abide? So abide means to reside, to remain, to stay, to act in accordance with or to obey. So you you abide by the law. That's probably the the most common use that we would have. So, but I'm thinking about to reside and to remain. You have an abode, you abide in your abode. And I was going to try to think of a tongue twister about, about, about Bede abiding in his abode, but I didn't, decided not to. We abide in our abode. Our abode is, is our home. It's not where we, where we sort of stay like a, like for a, like a hotel or an Airbnb or something. It's where we live. It's our, it's, it's our residence. And we abide in Jesus. Jesus is the place where we live and, and where we put down our roots. So, so we abide in him. So that's, that's great. So now we've got one metaphor that we're supposed to bear fruit. And now, we, now we, to bear fruit, we've got to abide. That's a different metaphor. It's about metaphor soup at the moment, isn't it? We've already put on clothes about that. But my, my, um, my summary of that is to abide in him is we are investing in our relationship with him. It's about our ongoing investment in our relationship with Jesus. Unfortunately, Jesus goes on in this passage to give us two concrete things that we can do to invest in our ongoing relationship with him. So so in verse 7 and 8, if you abide in me and my words, that's rhema, we'll talk about that in a second, my words abide in you. Ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. 
By this is my, my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. So in the, 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 the Greek that, in which the New Testament was written, there are two words that get translated as word. There is logos, which is the eternal, abiding, ever unchanging word of God. And there is rhema, which is the spoken word, the now word, the, 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 the word that's a very intimate word. Earlier on in the passage, before the, before the bit that we read on the previous slide, Paul has, has, uh, Jesus has spoken and he said, um, you're already clean because of the word I've spoken over you. And that, was, that word is logos. There is an eternal, unchanging word that has spoken, been spoken over us to make us clean. That's not what this passage is talking about. It's talking about rhema. It's talking about a spoken word. It's talking about interaction with Jesus. It's talking about listening to him and, 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 and speaking to him. And if that's a little bit hard for you, maybe you can come along this evening to the growing in the, in the prophetic. And there, there's my little advert there. But it's as we... Uh, one of the foundations of a relationship is about communication. It's about communication with Jesus. As we abide in him and we communicate with him. If his words come into us and we speak back his words, we can ask whatever we want. It's not that we can suddenly say, oh, you know, let me win the lottery or give me a Porsche or something. Um, but it's, it's about actually as we abide in him, he then gives us the, the desires of our hearts. He gives, he puts words into us and we can then ask those back to him. And the second key to a relationship is love. And again, we're coming way back, all the way full circle to the fruit again. So in verses 9 and 10, Jesus says, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you can keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments, and I abide in his love. So the two key things about abiding are uh, listening to his word and having a relationship of love with him. And as we do that, we then get closer to him, we build our relationship with him, and then he starts to manifest the fruit in our lives. So here's my summary. Maybe if the band could start to come back. Somewhere. They are. Good. <laughs> Otherwise, I keep on talking till, till this evening. Till I, um, so, so let's just have a summary. We need to walk in the Spirit and keep in step with him. We put on the fruit. It's not a passive thing. This is an active thing about putting on the fruit. And we abide in Jesus, in his word and in his love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And what I would like, James, if you can just play gently, sorry, I, I, I need to move the trip hazards out of my way and into yours, apologies. Um, if you could just play gently, because what I want us to do is just to spend some time abiding in Jesus. Just to listen 
to the words that he's going to speak over over us and focusing on his love for us. So, so as James plays, we're just going to have some time. So you can spend some time doing that. <laughs> 